What's going on, guys? Me and Kev are back with another NBA episode, and this time we're taking it to the 2010s. Yes, I know we're still in 2020, but we're going to talk about the undervalued players of the last decade. So a lot of relative names for our younger generation of basketball fans. But Kev, I'm going to hop in with my first one, and you can give us one of yours after that. But someone that is still regarded as a very versatile player in the NBA today, I feel like he was very undervalued throughout the 2010s, and that's Al Horford. We just talked about in our overvalued players from the 2000s episode that Atlanta Hawks team that, that was very dangerous in the East throughout the late, late in the 2000s and the early 2010s. And I feel like Al Horford was a big reason for that. We, we obviously know that they had Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Paul Millsap was there for a period of time as well. I just feel like he never really got the credit that was due to him, especially for being, you know, a big guy that can shoot, was a great leader, and he can ball hand with a lot of the guards in the league, you know what I mean? Uh, When he was playing for the Celtics, he was bringing up the ball for us, depending on who was on the court and so on. So I just feel like Al Horford really never got the credit he was due. I agree. Definitely a versatile player. I think he's one of the only guys in the league that can guard, stretch forwards that, you know, might be too fast for centers, but a little too big for, you know, small forwards or power forwards. Guys like the Jonases and ADs, guys like that. He's he's very good at, at covering them because he's quick side to side and, and very athletic. But I agree. I think uh, he was very undervalued. I mean, maybe I think a lot more in Boston because I think when he was with Atlanta, I agree. I think he was still undervalued, but I think, you know, he was a lot younger, a lot more of a post threat, I feel like. And then I feel like, you know, as his career grew and he got older was when he started developing, you know, those ball handling skills. That was a good one, Steve, definitely. So I'll dive in with one here. This is a guy who I'm a really big fan of. I mean, if you know me, I talk about this guy all the time when it comes to centers in the league. I always think the Celtics should go after him. And that's Andre Drummond. And I think Andre Drummond's one of those guys that has flown under the radar because of the team he was on. I mean, he was on the Pistons who haven't been good since, you know, Chauncey Billups and all them left. But, I mean, for his career, he averages 16 points and 14 rebounds. Those are good numbers, you know what I mean? Especially for a center. Like, a lot of big guys in the league nowadays don't rebound like Andre Drummond. He's led the league in rebounds, like, at least six, seven years he's been in the league. So, he's very, very underrated when it comes to posts. I think since he's not really a great shooter and can't really ball handle or anything like that, and he's not as versatile as other big men in the league, like, like we said, Al Horford, Anthony Davis, guys like that, that he does get undervalued. But, I mean, if you have a team where you just need a post center to give you literally, like I said, like 15 and 10 every night, I mean, Andre Drummond's your guy, man. He's consistent. He's one of those guys that's literally 15 and 10 every single night you can you can get that from. Him. No, for sure. And that's a good one. And, Kevin, I still feel like we can see a lot of greatness in his career depending on the team he ends up with. Uh, obviously wasn't a favorable situation for him to to be in Cleveland but if he's trying to get paid you know maybe that works out for him but that's something that we'll see in the coming coming years but I think Andre Drummond would be a great piece if it was a, a feasible situation for him to come to Boston but sticking with the the big man I'm gonna have to say that LaMarcus Aldridge was a very undervalued player throughout the 2010s and I feel like a lot of that was because he started in Portland and it was kind of by himself before Dame got there. And, you know, once Dame kind of grew into the star that, that he was, they shipped LaMarcus Aldridge and he went to go play for the Spurs. 
So I just think, you know, with, with, with being on the Spurs, a, a lot of credit gets taken from the player because Popovich is there. And also, it's going to be hard to fo- follow in a guy like Tim Duncan's shoes. But, you know, La- LaMarcus Aldridge was one of those first guys that was a really proficient stretch guy who can shoot the perimeter ball, who can shoot the mid-range, but could still post you up and give you the work. You know, I, I remember LaMarcus Aldridge dropping at least 18 a night. And, and, you know, getting 12 rebounds and being being a very important piece for his team throughout many seasons. Yeah, another one of my guys, Marcus Aldridge, love, love the way he plays. I agree. I think he valued. I think, you know, he never really caught a break because when he first came in the league, Brandon Roy was kind of up and coming with them. So I think, and then obviously, like you said, they got Dame after, you know, the post-Brandon Roy era. So I think he was always kind of viewed as like, the second option in Portland, but no, I mean, in, in my personal opinion, like there was, there was a few seasons where I personally thought LaMarcus Aldridge was one of the best big men in the league. So I definitely, I definitely understand where you're coming from calling him undervalued because he definitely was never talked about in that regard. But I think a lot of people silently were thinking it just like I was, but like you, I'll stay on the big man talk too, because I got one more on my list. So might as well bang him out. And this is a guy, he's still in the league now, and he still is a good role player. But at the time, I think he was very undervalued, you know, throughout his prime. And that's Serge Ibaka. Again, Serge Ibaka obviously started off on OKC, and it's hard to get the proper praise you deserve when you're playing with guys like James Harden and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And you're basically the false four option, you know what I mean? Fourth option. But Serge Ibaka, I mean, he's very undervalued. He's consistent. He's athletic. He's another one kind of like a LaMarcus Aldridge. He can stretch it out. Wouldn't say he's as good as a shooter as LaMarcus Aldridge, but he can knock down that 18, 20, 22 footer. And he's another one who can put his back to the rim and, and give you the work. Or I mean, even back in the day, he was dunking on everybody. I don't know if you remember early in his career, but he was literally a dunking machine. I think he might have dunked from the free throw line in the dunk contest, right? That was him. But yeah, very undervalued. Obviously, he's with Toronto now. And like I said, he's still a good role player. But I think just being on OKC with those guys really took away his shine that I think he could have gotten if he was on a little bit worse of a team. No, it definitely could. And Kev, I mean, Serge Ibaka isn't a guy that that was just known, you know, as an overall good four or five position wherever you put him. But he was also like a very, very good defender. He was arguably a top five defender, you know, when he was on OKC. Um, and to see how his game kind of evolved as his career went on, you know, he got better at the things he, he needed to to keep his career, you know, relevant and very you know I would say polished because now he, he won a ring in Toronto last year with them so I, I definitely like like the Serge Ibaka pick but Kev you know a, another guy that that was up there uh, in Toronto to win that NBA finals was, was Danny Green and yeah I, I get it because Danny Green you know doesn't start a lot of the time but whatever team Danny Green's on you know I feel like he's a very key piece whether that was the Spurs whether that was Toronto, now on the Lakers. I feel like he's a very coveted piece. And teams value what Danny Green can bring, a 3 and D guy, Kev, like, like you would like to say. But I feel like he also makes players around him better. And just accepting the, a bench role a lot of the time and still being able to consistently play, you know, 25, 30-plus minutes and be a very important player to a team. I think speaks wonders, and, and I think that's why he's kind of viewed as, as an undervalued player in my eyes. No, that's not a bad option. I, I mean, I think, honestly, 3 and D guys in the NBA in, in general are kind of always undervalued. was never quite sure why, but 
Danny Green's up there, one of the best of them. I mean, even when he was with San Antonio, what was it? I think it was the 2014 playoff run where he had that crazy, like, record. He, he had, like, 27 straight threes or something. Like, he didn't miss. It was crazy. I remember watching it. But that's a great one. He, Like you said, he's another guy that never really got the proper praise he deserved, whether it was because he was a 3 and D guy or not. I think it was just another, you know, I, I think it was kind of like I said with Serge Ibaka. I mean, he played on a Spurs team with Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker. I mean, you know, but you you know what I mean? And it's, it's hard to break out of your shell when you're playing with guys like that, no matter how good you are at what you do. And I think that's why when he did go to Toronto, I mean, obviously it was last year, a little bit later in his career, but I think his value as a role player and someone who can come in and help you shot through the roof because I think in San Antonio that was kind of getting hidden because it was so many different guys doing different things. It definitely was, Kev. Do you want to hit us with one of yours? So here's another guy that I feel has been in another guy's shadow, as we like to say, and that's Bradley Bale. Uh, I feel like, you know, coming up, John Wall was always the big name, always kind of the guy that was talked about, you know, as whose team it was when it came to the Washington Wizards. But Bradley Bale, I think, is hands down maybe the most underrated player in the NBA to this day. I mean, he's a lockdown defender, can score the ball literally any way. He can pull up from three. He can dunk on you. He can hit you with an in and out and pull up from 12, 13 feet. I mean, he, he honestly does it all. He's had his injuries too, but honestly, in the NBA, who hasn't? But he's another guy who I think is just very undervalued. And I think he honestly deserves to be on a team that's a contender because he's kind of like a Russell Westbrook. He brings intensity day in and day out. When he plays, it's never a night off. He's always going for 30 and 10 or whatever it is. So I think he's extremely underrated. Hopefully when John Wall gets back, they can go out and get another third option and then hopefully make a make a run at something because if not Bradley Bale's got to get out of there ASAP no Kev Bradley Bale is definitely a sleeper one for this list because I feel like this is a guy who people don't regard as as you know a a top 15 a, a top 20 player just in simple discussion but when you statistically look at it and what he does obviously the injuries come into a factor and that's could be a, a lot of the reason why, you know, his name doesn't get brought up in a lot of these conversations. But I think very highly of Bradley Beal. And I feel like a lot of what you were saying about being uh, the guy after John Wall did have a lot to play in that. And I mean, John Wall, when, when he was healthy before, you know, he kind of blew up his knee. I mean, he was huge, Kev. I mean, he had the song about him, Kev. You were in the mirror flexing, doing the John Wall at one point in time. That's right, flexing these pythons, baby. All right, Kev. You will go to the Central Catholic bathroom. <laughs> Check them out. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I definitely I definitely feel that. But I also think that Bradley Beal could still have his time to shine, still being a, a very young player. But, Kev, I have one more guy from that Toronto team last year that I still view as an undervalued guy. And this was someone who also played the majority of his career somewhere else. And that was with Memphis. And now we're talking Marcus all. This is another guy who I think revolutionized his game over the years from being a guy that was very dominant in the post in the mid range. He kind of was always like an average shooter, but now I would say he's a consistent perimeter shooter along with being a valued big man. I know there was always the discussion who's the better Gasol between Powell and Marc Gasol, but I think that debate is a lot harder now than it probably was three to four years ago. Uh, So I think Marc Gasol is a very undervalued player for that Toronto team, for that Memphis team, 
and going forward. No, I like that pick a lot, especially I like that you mentioned Memphis too because he was very, very, very underrated in Memphis, especially that 08 to like 011 team with the Mike Conley, uh, Zach Randolph. I think they had Rudy Gay, OJ Mayo. That was a really good team, and people don't realize the work he put in on that team. Like, honestly, I think that was, that was a really good one, Steve. But to talk about another guy who kind of, you know, revolutionized his career, one of the guys who I think is – maybe one of the most underrated players ever in the NBA, and that's Andre Gudala. I mean, and a lot of people would say, because, I mean, I know he came in the league in like 04, 05, so he really could have been in any era, but the reason I put him in this decade is because of how he revolutionized his career. In Philly, he was good, and he was dominant, but he was never going to be that guy that was going to carry your organization to a ring. That's why I put him in this era, because when he left Philly and went to Golden State, that's, I think, even though he was a little bit older, I think skill-wise and IQ-wise and just veteranship, that when he was at his best, I mean, he won the finals MVP, so that just goes to show. But especially when you win it on a team with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and all those other guys. But I think Andre Godala is one of the most underrated players in NBA history. He's a two-way player, really added skill sets to his game as his career went on. I mean, he became a pretty decent shooter, which he couldn't shoot at all really throughout his career. Became a a way better passer. He's another guy who, you know, when Steph wasn't in, they'd have him bringing the ball up sometimes and stuff like that. And like I said, he was a a very good defender. So he was kind of the complete package. I mean, I think he was a guy that just never really got, I think he could have been you know, a number two or three option on a team and won a championship. But I don't think he was ever going to be that guy that was going to win you one, you know, as your number one option. But with that being said, I still believe he was underrated, even though I don't think he would ever be a number one option anyway. No, fair enough. And that that was a a really good one, too. But I'm going to hop in with my last one, Kev. Um, And this was a guy, you know, that that has had success in, in a lot of places, still in the league now. Paul Millsap is is still a, a part of that Denver team. He was a, a very dominant player when he was playing for Utah early in his career. And Kev Millsap def had his time to shine when he played for Atlanta too. Because like, like we were talking earlier in the episode when I mentioned Al Horford, uh, Millsap really dominated with, with the Hawks. And I feel like, you know, between Horford, Millsap, Smith, and, and Johnson – they, those guys were all averaging double doubles, ten and ten a, a night. I would I would say Joe Johnson was probably getting the points and the assists. You know, Horford and Millsap were definitely getting the boards and the points. But I feel like he's a, a very comparable guy to a, a Zebo, as we talked about in the overvalued, uh, the undervalued players for the two thousands. And I just feel like he's he's still not getting the credit because he's still playing twenty five minutes a game. In, in the NBA, and I just feel like because he's one of the older guys, uh, one of the more veteran experienced players, that he doesn't really get his name tossed around in, in bigger arguments. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I think I think you're right about Atlanta. I think he was definitely one of the guys doing a little bit more of the grittier work, um, kind of like you said with Al Horford, but not really getting the credit that he deserves because he did do a lot for them and he had a lot of big just different moments with them like whether it was a big rebound you know he had a couple of big buzzer beaters with them and stuff like that so definitely was underrated in Atlanta and like you said obviously still in Denver and it's funny that you said that Steve about him being old, like a little bit older and stuff now because I feel like Paul Millsap's one of those guys that literally every time I see him on TV it looks like he hasn't aged at all 
You know what I mean? It looks like, it literally looks like he's still in Atlanta in his rookie year. You know what I mean? He's still can pretty athletic, can still dunk on people, and it's it's kind of crazy. I think he's becoming a little bit better shooter now in this point in his career. But that was definitely a good one, Steve. And I think that's one a lot of people don't think of, but really good. But to wrap up with my list, and this is a guy who I just feel so bad for, for what happened to him. So I'll just dive into it. It's DeMar DeRozan. I mean, I think what Toronto did to him was unbelievable. And I think that really took a toll on his career. I mean, I know it's only been two years since he hasn't been with them, but people forget there was that stretch in Toronto when DeMar DeRozan was there where they was like a three, four year stretch where they were finishing first in the East every single year. That was with LeBron in the East, everything. And they were pushing 60 wins every single year. And DeMar DeRozan was the driving force behind that team. You know what I mean? Like, obviously he had Kyle Lowry around him and other guys, but I mean, he really was the guy. I mean, it was, I think one of the seasons he was in running for like MVP or the scoring title or something, uh, one of his last years there. And I think he's another one of those guys, like you said earlier, he's still young enough in his career where he can still, you know, make something of himself, hopefully win a championship or two to solidify his career. But I think he's extremely underrated. Another one of those guys that really does it all. I mean, he rebounds, passes, brings the ball up, scores, defends. Like he literally just does it all. He's kind of, he reminds me of like a poor man's, Kawhi Leonard in a sense but yeah DeMar DeRozan extremely underrated maybe one of the most underrated players of all time but we have to see because like I said it's so early in his career where he can turn things around no Kev I I def hear you on that one and that was a name that that you know I kind of considered for my list too because when when I do think of of Toronto in the early 2010s he really was the, the carrying force behind that team you know before Kawhi was there and before Kyle Lowry was playing as consistent as he is now, because he was still a younger guard at that time. But Kev, I would I would also say that that people might argue the opposite with him and say that he was overvalued because you know when he's with San Antonio now, like you you don't really see a, a lot of that game translate over to the Spurs like it did with Toronto. And I know his career change in the teams are very different, and I do think he was underrated because he the way he carried himself and played uh that time period during Toronto I just feel like that's a name that that a lot of people would go back and forth with but no definitely yeah I mean I I definitely see like what you mean about that he hasn't really done anything in San Antonio but but like I said I just feel like I just feel like in in Toronto he was just so underrated no no fair enough and guys that wraps things up for our undervalued players throughout the 2010s if you guys agree with the list make sure to send us a message on Instagram or Facebook let us know what you think since the sandbox we out guys peace peace